millions of insect species have been around performing key roles such as pollination, maintaining ecological balance, controlling pests, and recycling nutrients. Today we are joined by Jason Runo, who's a beekeeper as well as a bee lover. This is the Chakula podcast. We bring to you all relevant issues and discussions about food in Kenya and beyond. We break down topics and dig deeper into day-to-day happenings in food and farming systems, giving a holistic view on the food we eat. Welcome, I'm your host, Felicis Mwali. How are you, Jason? Fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's finally good to have you on the show. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a very long time. Yeah, today we'll be discussing more about bees, the important role that bees play. Yeah. yeah. So, Jason, probably mm. just to start us off, it would be very nice for you to share with us what Jason, what you're doing as okay. a beekeeper yeah. and also the space of bee farming in Kenya. Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, so, my name is Jason Bruno. Mm-hmm. I am a beekeeper. Uh, most importantly, is a bee lover. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what I've been doing, when I got, got into the business initially, I got into try and sell honey. But the more I started learning about bees, then, then my fascination shifted. Um, not to say that I'm not interested in honey, but now I'm more interested in um, knowing the bee holistically. Um, <clears throat> so what I've been doing mostly is right now I'm working with a lot of farmers um, I run a business called OK Honey Market, mm-hmm. uh, and we focus on three key things. One, uh, capacity building. In capacity building, what we do is help farmers to access good products. We also help farmers to. We also help farmers to to. Uh, I mean, quality quality hives. That's what I mean by products. Uh, we also train them on beekeeping because a lot of people keep bees, but they just keep bees. Mm. But they're not like, um, what I've seen on the ground is a lot of people just have, uh, let's say like three or four or five beehives and then someone comes to check on them once a year or something. Mm. While bee farming can actually be a lot more profitable if you're more involved with the bees. So that's uh, one aspect that we do is capacity building, that we make sure that farmers are competent beekeepers. Um, the other thing we do is market linkage. Mm-hmm. Um, so on one hand, we have a few farmers who have product. And on the other hand, we have a few people who are looking for product. So we try and link those two people. Um, and third uh, is consumer awareness. Bees, I think, are one of the most misunderstood insects, <laughs> creatures on this planet. They are so important to our existence, but a lot of people see them as a threat, mm. um, purely from the stinging aspect. Uh, but I'm here to tell people that we can actually coexist with these bees in peace, and we, we must actually be very interested in their in their in their well-being. Because if the bees are okay, then we're okay. If they're not, like you've suggested, like you've said, uh, our life will be in a lot of danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like existence of bees literally uh, is what is keeping us here. <laughs> yeah, and just on, yeah, thanks for mm. that. And basically, what's really the context of farming and beekeeping here in Kenya? 
now that you work with small scale farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, a lot of farmers You'd be surprised how many farmers have beehives and how much actually beekeeping is so intertwined in our culture as Africans. Yeah. Very much. Like if I think about the Kikuyu community, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they, they were largely vegetarian. They are largely vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But uh, what happens is during ceremonies when they, you know, slaughter a goat, when a child is born, when, you know, there's a marriage. But also what comes with that is traditional brew, which is moratina, yeah. which comes from honey. Um, so you can see honey played a very uh, critical role in our communities. <clears throat> Even if you think about medicinal uh, food preservation, you know, honey doesn't go bad, so they used it to like to preserve meat. Um, so we are, we are, we are, traditionally, we are very intertwined with bees and we lived in harmony with them. And this is the thing with um, traditional beekeeping and modern beekeeping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find, and this is a personal opinion, Yeah. Uh, modern beekeeping is very focused and highly focused on output. It's about how many kilos can yeah. we get from this, you know, this hive can... But traditional beekeeping had a lot to do with the relationship with the insect. Ah, yeah, so yeah. We, we would only harvest honey like maybe, like I was saying, when there's circumcision, when, yeah. you know, for food or yeah. someone is sick. Um, it wasn't really necessarily for commercial purposes, yeah. per se. And, and, and we coexisted with the bees very, very well. Um, And the other thing a lot of people don't know, but it is said that honey is one of the complete foods. Mm -hmm. Like a human being Uh can actually survive on honey alone. Oh, okay. It it has everything that Uh you actually need. Yeah. Um, and and the, so now these are the things that actually led me into beekeeping because the more I studied, I was like, how how come we don't talk about this? Mm. Um, You know, beekeeping, there is not a single negative effect of beekeeping. Yeah. Not that I can think of, unless maybe just being stung, which is also healthy. <laughs> but I, I I read somewhere that once a bee stings you, the bee dies. Yeah. 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 But, you know, also, again, venom yeah. is one of the most expensive bee products. Mm. Um, so as far as beekeeping is concerned, I think it's a win-win-win. And I think governments need to take notice of this because, like, like you were saying, um, like you were asking me about my experience with farmers. And yeah. what I've seen is that any farmer, smallholder farmer who takes beekeeping seriously, Usually, um, once they have access to like a good hive and everything, they you naturally turn them into a conservationist because mm. what happens is that that person ends up planting more trees, yeah. planting more flowers, reducing their use of of pesticide. Mm. Um, you know, if if you take if you talk about size of land, for example, yeah. mm-hmm. the amount of money you can reap from beekeeping, say per acre, compared to other forms of agriculture. Yeah, you can't compare because mm. one box which takes very little space um, can give you ten thousand shillings. Yeah. Can give you ten kilos of honey, and that's a product that doesn't go bad. You mm. see now the difference with like potatoes or whatever. Once you harvest, um, I mean, even from my experience with Mazautox, we we learned that one of the things that farmers are really suffering with is post-harvest losses. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a crazy number. Yeah. It's like up to forty percent mm. is lost. Through through post harvest loss, you you that's not a problem you would have with yeah. beekeeping, no, because every nothing goes to waste. Yeah, wax um, can be made into hundreds of other products: yeah. soap, lotion, lip balms. There's a lot that can be done: shoe polish, candles. Um, so it's it it really is a win 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 situation as yeah. far as beekeeping is concerned. Yeah, I really like what you've talked about in. The fact that beekeeping really improves the livelihoods of 
most of our small scale farmers. But Jason, just just to also talk more on the role of these schools, I believe bees don't only play a critical role in producing honey and yeah. producing other products. What are some of the ecosystem functions of bees? Uh, that's a very good question. Mm-hmm. So, actually, so even from an economic standpoint, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we base all our projections as far as beekeeping is concerned on honey. But honey is the cheapest of all bee products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the most interesting thing. Um, so we use that as a, as a guide as to how much you can make potentially. Uh, but even aside from the honey, the key role that bees and other pollinators play, by the way, happy world bee day. Oh, yeah. yeah, the key yeah. role mm-hmm. that they play is, is keeping food on our table through mm-hmm. pollination. Say, uh, like you, you said, it is believed that if we lose all the bees in the world today, humanity will have less than four years to live. Yeah. It's a known fact that one in every three spoons of food you eat is a direct responsibility of a bee. We, we did some work with uh, macadamia farmers, also again when we were recording Mazao Talks, mm-hmm. um, and one thing we learned is that with macadamia farmers, the farmers who don't who have beehives in their farms record a 57% increase in yield. Oh. Yeah, so you can imagine if a farmer has is producing a hundred bags of macadamia, they can actually get another 57 just by simply introducing beehives. And the first thing I say to farmers when I train them is that you don't have to keep bees to benefit from their product. Mm. You can keep bees in your farm just because it's the right thing to do. So like in Kitui and uh, Kitui and in Muranga, some of the farmers I'm working with are actually fruit farmers. So what I'm encouraging them is to create that ecosystem where the bees have enough nectar in the, in the fruit farms and, the, 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 and now the, the farmer benefits also in terms of the fruit produce, produces a lot more um, just by simple pollination. In, in the U.S. right now, mm-hmm. there's a huge problem, very, very big problem in, um, also in Europe because a lot of chemicals have killed a lot of bees. So mm-hmm. one of the main... Uh, income earners for beekeepers is actually pollination services. Yeah. So you find like uh, in California where there's a lot of, um, so th- there's been a huge demand increase in um, uh, almond milk. Mm-hmm. So California is one of the major growers of almonds. Mm-hmm. So there are farmers who literally just put beehives on trucks and just go drive them to those farms, oh. keep them there for a, a couple of days or months and then charge the, 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 the almond farmers per hive per day. So, I mean, it's, 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 you can see like how it's such a problem. It poses such a threat um, that we've gotten to a point where people are actually just paying for commercial pollination. Um, and I'd hate for us here to get to that point. Yeah. 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 But I feel like where we are heading, because at the moment, the number of pollinators have also reduced and that is attributable to the current industrial agriculture. Yeah. Which the government is also pushing so hard for farmers to embrace. I am very conflicted about large-scale yeah, uh-huh, farming, uh-huh. Uh, especially monoculture. Yeah. Uh, what I've seen, uh, especially in some in some parts of the world, is is like Asia. I've seen in India that they're really working hard to do reforestation, especially through mm-hmm. a method called Miyawaki forest. So they are really encouraging as many people to grow forests, even within small pieces of mm-hmm. land. Um, um, the, the thing with, with large-scale commercial farming is that it does a lot more damage to the environment than, than good. 
um, first even, so, I mean, like I was saying, I encourage, I encourage farmers to always create a system where, um, an ecosystem where, you know, they can be able to provide from, for themselves and then they give a surplus. I'll, I'll share a story with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Nyahururu, mm-hmm. um, there's a farmer I've been working with mm-hmm. and uh, he's a very wise old man. Uh, and he was telling me, <clears throat> so it, the, the context of Nyandaro is that everybody, everybody grows potatoes. Yeah. Um, so all the other things people go to get from, from the soup, from the market, not supermarket, from the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he looked around and he said, why do I always have to go to the market to buy skooma, carrots and all those things? So what he decided is that he said he'll turn his small piece of land, which is about three acres. He said he'll turn his small piece of land into the market. So while everybody else is growing maize and just potatoes, he has subdivided his land and built a beautiful garden and ecosystem where, you know, there's spinach, there's carrots, there's... So a lot of uh, villagers, so to Mm -hmm. speak, even going to town now is a waste of time. Yeah, They'd rather go to this guy's Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see so much wisdom in that because he was telling me like, generally in life, people have to go out to look for money. And by him just doing that simple change of growing a variety of crops yeah. on a small piece of land, now he doesn't need to go out looking for money. The money comes to mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Uh, which is like the biggest blessing I think you'd ever get in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just changing how they think. So, so in his farm, he has also put a section where he's, he has a tree nursery. He has tree nurseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's just a wonderful example of how of how um, agroecology yeah. can actually be very beneficial for the farmer. Yeah, specifically improving the livelihoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I always say the only way to, to, to change a farmer's perception, mm-hmm. and if you want any programs to be, to be, to be productive, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that there's, the end result is money in the farmer's yeah. pocket. Because otherwise, it's just stories. Um, I'll tell you an example. Mm-hmm. Like, same place in Yahururu, a couple of farmers I'm working with, you find like towards um, opening of school, especially now that schools have been closing for like a week. Yeah. Um, then parents have to now again figure out where are they going to get school fees again. Mm. So what happens is that that time you find some, what some farmers do is that they cut down trees to make charcoal mm-hmm. to sell. It doesn't matter that farmer, how much you tell him about global warming, yeah, uh, yeah. how pesticides are not, he doesn't care. He needs the money next mm-hmm. week. Um, so, and that's one thing I found with beekeeping is that if, if, if instead of him cutting down the trees and showing him that this tree has value for the bees yeah. and this box can give you 10,000, you know, you, you can imagine how much work you'd have to do to make 10,000 from potatoes. Oh but now imagine yeah, yeah. in beekeeping, it's literally just one box. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just what I really like what you've mentioned about the money and having bees in the box yeah. in comparison to a farmer planting potatoes. And I'm just curious to understand more about bees. Mm-hmm. Should the bees be in the beehive or should you let them be out there and do the pollination work? Or should it be both? So now, oh, that's a very good question mm-hmm. because the thing is, um, so when we install beehives, we mm-hmm. install an empty box. Mm-hmm. Basically, what you're doing is putting a box there so that when a scout becomes, mm-hmm. it sees that this is a good place. Mm-hmm. Then it will go bring the other, the rest of the colony because mm-hmm. bees move move as a unit. Um, <clears throat> so 
the best one of the best things about beekeeping and like keeping a cow mm-hmm. or a goat is that you literally have to take care of them, take them to the river. Now bees, you don't need to do that. They do all that for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Remember, their pollination is as a result of them trying to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not something they're doing for you. Mm-mm. They are going to get food for themselves and in the process you benefit through pollination. Yeah. 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 So you, you don't, like literally, when you put a beehive, all you need to do is open it once a month just to check oh. yeah, well, what the conditions but are like. But you can always be letting the bees just, they'll oh, always you, be moving. They always just be, they move they when they want. That's how you get even honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, okay. they go out then in the evening, they come back, they sleep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And also just back to farming, mm-hmm. according to your experience working with farmers from Kitui mm. and um, is it Makweni? Uh, and Muranga. M- Muranga. Uh, yeah. I've worked with farmers in, uh, in Yahururu, in Kitale, a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the context of the Kenyan farming in regards to integration of bees into farming? Are they embracing it? You know, like I said, it's all about money at the end of the day. Yeah, I yeah. think we, 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 we can never run away from the society. From, from the fact that our society is all about money. Mm-hmm. And money is needed. It's, mm-hmm. it's a reality of life. So the farmer will always go for something that's going to give them quick money. And that's mm-hmm. why they use pesticides. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the crops are being... It's not that they hate themselves so much that they mm-hmm. want to... Or hate anybody too much that they want to pump too many chemicals. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's a, it's, a, it's a fact that that person has needs. You know, they have to pay for school fees. They have to pay for... They have stuff they need to pay yeah. for. They have families to feed. Um, so that's why you find like if a guy is going to use fertilizer that's very harsh on the soil but going to make in a month the guy will have produce yeah that's what he's he's gonna he's going to need to do but when you the best thing I like about farmers is that they are very teachable farmers listen mm-hmm. farmers listen to each other they listen to advice mm-hmm. and a lot of them you find when you introduce the aspect of beekeeping to them when the when the coin drops they're like wow this is actually something I'd want to try yeah yeah yeah, and some will even mm-hmm. start with one box. Then you know they call you. They're so excited. We've harvested yeah. eight kilos or ten yeah. kilos. Oh, wow. Yeah, and now they're like, oh wow. So even if I tell him Dakudia you are selling next yeah, month, yeah. it will still be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So long. Yeah, you can. Yeah. But also, okay. The thing about beekeeping is that it's not all plug and play. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of factors come into. There are guys who have say there are guys who have beehives on a quarter of an acre. Yeah. But there's some places you can't have bees even on an acre. Mm. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. depending on how the setup is, are yeah. there trees? Yeah, yeah. Are there lots of people? Is it highly, you know? Because you can have someone like on an eighth, but literally it's like a forest. So yeah. if he oh, has yeah. bees there, it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for example, if you think of Nairobi Estate, the way it's just concrete, concrete. Mm-mm. You can't keep a beehive yeah. there. Yeah. So it's really, I always tell people never, never take advice from someone who tells you um, the number of beehives you can put on your land yeah. without even getting an idea of what your land looks like. Mm. Because that you find, the circumstances are very different. Because, okay, so for example, there are people who have, say, big land, but there's very little water or it's extremely yeah. dry. Um, these people who have small pieces of land, but they have all the all the factors. You know, maybe they're on half an yeah. acre, but the acre is right by the river. Yeah. They have lots of trees. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it goes back to how the environment really it, it looks just, like. It, yeah. yeah, it's factor of just what the environment looks like. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, and just on for mm. a, for a farmer who's doing agroecology, mm-hmm. or some for a farmer who's practicing sustainable farming practices, how yeah. does sustainable beekeeping really look like? How is 
So yeah. what this means is, um, so for you to be a successful beekeeper, you must look at the bee as an equal, not as a, not as a, how, how to, I don't know how to put it. Not a as a... Is it a benefactor just to get honey? Not, not a matter of of this is just something I benefit from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to look at it as a partner. You have to look at them as really like your babies. Mm. Like you have to look at this the relationship as a very symbiotic one. Mm. We take care of you and we'll take care. Like we'll return the favor. Yeah. So basically what the, what this means is when you do agroecology is that you create an environment that's perfect for the bees. Uh, what that uh-huh. means is that, for example, your crops will be well pollinated, which mm-hmm. means you're producing more. But the bees are also, because they have food, they're producing a lot more honey because honey is just nectar. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when you harvest honey, one of the things we do is that you must make it symbiotic. Bees don't make honey for us. Yeah, It's not for us, it's for them. Mm-hmm. That's what they're storing to eat when things are, you know, things are bad. Mm. So uh, when you harvest, don't harvest everything from the, from the hive. Uh. Leave some for them. Um, always make sure your bees have water close by. Um, you know, make sure the hives are always clean. Make sure the place is properly fenced. And the other thing I say, these days I'm very big on, and I, I'm actually not doing any installations without doing this, is also make sure that there's safety signage where the beehives are. Because mm-hmm. a, a lot, of, because what what that does is that it reduces interaction between the bees and humans. You give them oh. space for them to just thrive on their own. You don't want yeah. to put the beehives in a place where maybe there's a lot of activity on the farm. Yeah, yeah you really want oh. them to have like a good environment that's safe. That's you yeah. know they're not being disturbed. Yeah. So one of the things I really encourage farmers to do, which I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. is we have safety signage boards um, that say you know danger bees on site. Because mm-hmm. also the other thing I've realized from experience is that where there's been a lot of accidents, it was really that. It was really an accident. Mm-hmm. Say, like, um, in Maragua, there's a very sad story of a family that lost an uncle who who was who was drunk. <laughs> and then as he was he was trying to get home in the dark, he fell into a hole that had some bees. Oh, um, so you see, and then he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's already, he couldn't stand, he couldn't. So, you see, it's never bees never leave the hive with the intention to come look for you to sting you. Yeah. No, they are really out just foraging. Um, so you find a lot of times either a cow will go try to scratch yeah, its back yeah. on a beehive. Yeah. Kids will be curious to throw a stone. So it's important, even if you have two hives, fence off that area and and put a warning sign. Yeah. So just that now that's creating that environment. Yeah. 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 So yeah, just, just when I'm just. Mm. So it's not advisable for a farmer who like who has chicken on the farm, cows on the farm. No, they can coexist. Oh. They can coexist perfectly. Like I said, it's just that thing of interfering with the bees. That's why I was saying it's mm-hmm. important to think safety mm-hmm. um, because bees just need you to check on them once a month. So one of the things like we do, for example, is we are encouraging farmers who can afford to build what we call bee houses. A bee house means that it's a house, literally, but the fence, the wall, instead of a normal wall, it's a wire mesh. Mm -hmm. So the bees can fly in and out. And in that house, you can keep several beehives. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, you don't want people going there. Yeah. You can lock it. Um, Like I said, a bee will never leave its hive with the intention to come look for you wherever you are to sting you. It's always when they feel threatened, either by someone passed by there, you know, a tractor passed by and, you know, it disturbed the piece of the, of the, of the hive. Someone threw a stone. Mm. 
Um, yeah, so that's why I say it's important. Like, for example, if, you, if you're on a small piece of land, fence off the area with the hives and put warning signage. Okay. Yeah, that way, even a cow won't be able to get to the hive. Um, children won't be able to get to the hives. And they're able to see clearly that, okay, this is, this is a dangerous area. It's a potentially dangerous area. So, yeah, it's about creating that environment. Because a lot of times you find, um, because some hives, and I've seen this a lot, mm -hmm. some hives have not been installed properly, so maybe the grass has overgrown. Mm -hmm. um, so you find someone possibly doesn't know that there's a hive there. Maybe they yeah. were walking, they were slashing grass. Yeah. Then, you know, they disturbed the colony and the colony came out. So it's it's usually, it's really always accidents, accidents, like, <laughs> okay. yeah. This has been very, actually, very interesting yeah. to know more about bees. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we've really, we've come to the end of the show. Oh, that was fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if you have a button shots. Well, I, I guess just to say, like, we should appreciate bees more. And mm -hmm. I think what the simple things, like, you can do, um, to take care of bees is like, for example, if you have a house, put some water outside with mm -hmm. maybe a little flowers um, or stones, you know, like have a plate, then put some stones or yeah. some pebbles, then pour some water. Always leave some water outside. Bees mm -hmm. will always come. Um, so at least they have somewhere to patch. Um, if you can support a community that's, you know, that's like if it's a children's home or something, I think one of the things we can do is support this type of communities through beekeeping, which is one thing I'm really trying to do. There's a children's home called Shelter Children's Home that I've been working with in Gong. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when you give one person a beehive, a beehive can easily give you about 10 years. So what that means that for the 10 years, just by virtue of having a beehive, this institutional will be able to support itself. Yeah. Um, it's not like where we just come, give food one day, and then we, mm -hmm. we leave. Yeah, you'd rather... So I'm working with them. I'm training them. Hopefully also when the kids leave, that they'll have also gained a new skill. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I can see how beekeeping can change the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also yeah. increase more food. Increase more yeah, food. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think... And I think the few times I've traveled, like especially like to Ethiopia and to Uganda uh -huh. next door, Yeah. it's really shocking how food is so cheap oh. like uganda yo it's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous mm -hmm. it's shocking like what you pay for like here in a normal coffee shop mm -hmm. divide that by three or by two oh, and wow. that's what you pay in a same same yeah, yeah yeah like what they call cjs here yeah, you yeah. know it's cafe javas yeah, in uganda yeah, yeah. um what you pay for a plate there and what you pay for a plate here mm -hmm. actually rotu food should do that comparison just comparison of what a plate of food yeah. costs in different african countries and see yeah and also just when i was having a conversation with my colleague on how just on beekeeping and he was mentioning mm -hmm. to me how you know, the environment has really changed. Nowadays, we see people fencing with walls, and that could be another reason as to why honey production has has also it, reduced. I suspect yeah. it could be. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. Because down trees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long time, all the fences were kayapo. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. the norm. Yeah. Yeah, everyone is, uh, using, everyone is yeah. fencing using concrete. Yeah, yeah. It's, we, we really have to rethink um, agriculture and just our lives, yeah. We are. I mean, where we are headed, because the other thing we found out is that the average age of a farmer in Kenya is 60. Yeah. Yeah, young people. And then with a, with a population of, I think, close to 80% that is below yeah. 30. Yeah. So it means maybe 10% of the population is feeding the 90%. Yeah. But you know, Jason, it also yeah. goes back to 
you as a young person trying to get that land it's not easy yeah. everything is not yeah. everything is not easy for a young person in Kenya <sighs> yeah 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 that i mean that's true access to land is a, mm. but the other thing i think young people really 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 need to consider mm-hmm. because i also don't want to 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 work with people who are not in it for the long long yeah, game yeah 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 because the other problem is that i think our society has taught young people to expect instant gratification yeah so for you like for example beekeeping for you to become a proficient beekeeper i would say you need at least a year because you're not just learning about the bee mm. you're also learning about your environment yeah. what time does this flower flower what time do these yeah. trees flower what time does it rain when yeah. when is there a lot of water because all those things affect production yeah um so you find a lot of people three months they give up they are like kick it what i it's not worth it or um yeah so i really encourage young people mm-hmm. to get into groups do things as a group because then there's accountability and you can also push each other because sometimes when you i've tried doing this thing alone and it's very it can be a very lonely journey mm-hmm. and i think it's exciting when you're learning with someone so yeah we we should learn to shikana and you know hold hands yeah. and and walk these journeys together a lot of young people are not doing that yeah no i'm curious to know mm. how long have you been doing this i've been doing it for about two years now over two oh, years yeah okay. yeah okay. Yeah. Interesting. yeah yeah how But has the journey been so far it's been very good very fulfilling okay i actually really love my job uh not a lot of people say that but i i actually <laughs> really truly love my job for two yeah. reasons uh-huh. uh working with nature has a very calming effect on on on, on us um i spend and then i also spend a lot of time traveling the country mm-hmm. which so what i say is that i'm so grateful to be keeping an agri business in general because it has taken me to parts of this country that i had never been to and i possibly would have never gone otherwise say for example like places like vihiga yeah. uh, one of the most beautiful places in this country western kenya is stunning um kitale and all these are places that i've been even to west pokot mm-hmm. you know kapenguria mm-hmm. sites and all this was purely as a result of beekeeping taita taveta mm. uh, malindi so it's it's all these places i've actually gotten to go like kapenguria was not even a place i ever thought i would step mm. never like it was not even in my bucket list or anything like that <laughs> yeah. so now i'm excited to see more i want to go to lodo i want to go to tukana yeah. i want to go to all these places northeastern kenya because the other advantage of beekeeping and like other crops you know like cabbage grows in very specific places fruits grow in very specific places you can keep bees in any corner of this country yeah. okay Yeah. I don't think I have any more questions. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much Jason. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. Thank you. This yeah. has been really good. Santi Sana. Yeah, I Asante. hope yeah, I hope we'll get to do another episode together and I, I hope also so. hope yeah, and I also hope to get to taste your honey at some point. One of the things oh, sorry we keep closing but yeah. So one of the things I'm encouraging mm-hmm. people as well to think about um think about rather than think of other people as competition, look for opportunities to collaborate. So one of the things we've done is that we are collaborating now with a chef. Yeah. Who, uh-huh. who is doing uh, fine dining French cuisine, but now we provide him with the honey so that he can come up with different food. So it's like an event, it's a fine dining event mm-hmm. which we are using honey from the farmers that we work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, people can get to experience different honey because the honey tastes so different depending on where it's from. When you taste honey, you're literally tasting a place because 
it's from the nectar. Yeah. So yeah, so Baringo honey he will not look like Kitui honey, yeah. will not look like Malindi honey. They all have very different taste profiles, cons- consistency, color. It's so different. Medicinal value. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just opportunities for people who are not maybe in the beekeeping space to also experience different types of honeys maybe then, you know, they can start thinking about bees more. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's one of the things that we're doing, collaboration. You don't always have to be the one actually producing the honey. Um, so young people should think outside the box. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities. You can get into this just to do beekeeping mm-hmm. content, you know. Yeah. Um, there's content creation, um, logistics services. Like, there's a lot. Uh, IT, IT is in very high demand in agriculture. You know, there's a yeah, lot, yeah. there's a lot, lot, lot of opportunities aside from the actual production. But you must, to some level, have some investment in learning the actual production, so that when you're creating a product for that production, say if it's a marketing tool, yeah. mm-hmm. then you and you understand this this product really, really, really well. Then you can see where you can offer solutions. Yeah. Really <laughs> big play an important role. Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. very. yeah. thank you so much, Jason. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me. We've become like a pastor or a politician where we say <laughs> we are closing 10 times. <laughs> but thanks, it's been great. So, so thank you so much to our listeners for listening in. Subscribe, like, share, and follow us. Santa. Thank you. Mm-hmm.